Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Mr. Harden is back, kind of. But for how long? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. We want you to be a part of the program. Why? Because we want it. So do it on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Do it. So, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Name the movie. That is uh, Starsky and Hutch. Correct. The remake. The remake. Uh, exactly. The also, ben you don't tell me to re- to name the movie. I was the one who dropped the quote. You named the movie. I know. I just wanted to make it awkward. I did the line, and you're like, "Name the movie." Wait, you think I'm just dropping random quotes that I don't know? Which I don't I've know. been known to do on occasion. I'm still, I'm still getting to know you. I mean, that could happen. <laughs> it will happen, and I'm pretty sure it has happened. <laughs> <laughs> that very underrated movie. Very underrated movie. Vince Vaughn has a great line in that movie when they're on the boat and he just shot that guy and he's trying to explain like how things cost money. He's like, these these things cost money. Private planes, boats, this perm, they all cost money. (laughs) (laughs) The perm. And when it comes to James Harden, strip clubs, they cost money. Oh, yeah. Well, he is back. And I use air quotes when I say back with the Sixers. And he's not really back with the team at the moment, at least for the first couple of games. The team has decided for him to uh, has has decided the best thing for him to do is to work out at the team facility back in Philadelphia. And then when they get back from their early two game road trip here, that's when he will join them and start playing. So. I really wonder, is James Harden actually going to play a game for the Sixers, number one? Number two, if he does play a game for the Sixers, how long will it be till he has a casual turnover? My over-under there would be roughly 90 seconds. And number three, at what weight will he report to be a member of the Philadelphia 76ers at this point? I, I basically think that James Harden is showing up to blow it up because that is the James Harden playbook. First off, these are not questions, okay? These are prop bets. You're oh, just laying out a series of fantastic prop bets that we should, we should think about the James Harden prop sheet because yeah. there's a lot of opportunity there. So you've, you've already started the segment off on the right foot. You've got a great idea there. Kind of like we'll we did with towards... the bad coaching and the Monday Night Football with the Cowboys exactly. and Chargers. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to build something out there, we're gonna, and we'll, we'll turn it over to the uh, listeners as well. The, let me ask you a question. What's the and if you don't have the answer to this, that's kind of the point. But what's the major storyline for the Celtics entering the season? I, I just think it's can they take the next step? Considering they brought in Porzingis, they traded away Marcus Smart to get Porzingis, and then that's good enough. It's, you don't need it's to go too Holiday far. Marcus Smart. You don't need to go too far. That's and that's very reasonable. What's the big storyline in Milwaukee going into the season? How are Dame and, and Giannis going to fit together? Yep, Giannis got his new contract. Things like that. What's the big story in Denver? Uh, can they repeat? Yes, there you go. 
Three legitimate championship contenders, three reasonable storylines, right? Yep. Like, you're not competing for a title when you have this drama and this distraction on your doorstep to start the season. It's always the problem in Philadelphia. They can't get out of their own way. It's either Markel Fultz drama or Ben Simmons drama. Now it's James Harden drama. Get rid of the drama. This is the problem. You're not focused. Your eye is not on the prize. Boston, to your point, yeah. You bring in Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Drew Holiday. How's all that going to work? Reasonable question. Same thing in Milwaukee. Same thing in Denver. Can they repeat? These are all the normal questions being asked of championship contenders entering the season. Meanwhile, in Philly, is Harden going to play? What weight is he going to be at? Is he going to sabotage the team? What would make you think he's going to put the team above his own needs? Nothing. Nothing in his history has shown you that. In Houston, he ran out Dwight Howard. He ran out Chris Paul. He ran out Russell Westbrook. He went to Brooklyn. He had a falling out there. He's in Philadelphia. He's having a falling out there. The guy is a problem when it comes to your culture. He can play basketball. Yes, I'm not questioning that. But he's a problem with your culture. Philly, if they're looking to take another step, you can't have this guy around. And I know that you can't send him off because then you can't find him. And there's this whole back and forth they're all trying to figure out with one another. But they are already behind the eight ball. They haven't played a single freaking basketball game yet and they're already behind the eight ball this season because they're dealing with drama they shouldn't be dealing with this is on the front office you got to clean this stuff up before the season starts so that the organization can be focused on what really matters but they're not they're focused on Harden, and as a result you're going to see this thing go sideways at some point this year like it always does this organization has no idea how to get out of its own way so as a Sixers fan, what is your expectation for this season? Really, Very little. Very little. But define I mean, what the, that means. Does that mean just making the playoffs? What does that mean? The high end of the season is what the high end always is. It's losing in the second round of the playoffs. I have no expectation of them making a conference final or winning the championship. There is zero expectation of that happening. I'm not hoping for it. I'm not rooting for it. I'm not expecting it. I'm not predicting it. None of that's taking place. The question is whether or not they're anywhere close to formidable in terms of getting into the playoffs and maybe winning the first round. And quite frankly, I'm sour on that as well. Maybe they get there because Embiid's a star, and I love Tyrese Maxey. No one talks about Tyrese Maxey the way they should. We're too focused on guys like Harden. But I, I, I can't possibly sit here and have a realistic conversation about this team being a realistic contender when all they're doing is dealing with this Harden drama and the season hasn't even started yet. Mm. Like This is like showing up hungover for the SAT. How are you going to put up a great score in the SAT if you're hungover, right? That's what the Sixers are doing. They're creating roadblocks to achieving their goals. And, and, and the man-made roadblocks, they're unnecessary. They are completely unnecessary. And it almost feels like it's been a team for years that has been more comfortable operating inside of chaos to a point, <laughs> yeah, to, a, to a point, right? It's almost like they needed that to be part of the discussion, and I, I'm not saying that Embiid thrives on that. I don't buy that at all. But I look at Harden right now, and we know what his game plan is. Do whatever I have to do to get out. At this juncture of his career, when we know one night he's capable of throwing up 40, but the next night, probably the next two nights, he's going to throw up eight points on two of 12 shooting and not be attacking the 10 for some reason, not doing the things that he needs to do to be that really elite-level player that he considers himself, well, who exactly is going to make that move at this point? Number one, Daryl Morey, we've already seen, is going to hold out as long as he can to get as much as he can for Harden. But in this case, on the back end of that, 
Does that even work? Who, who's trading for James Harden right now? Like, if you're the Clippers, you want to trade for James Harden? The, right now, reportedly, what the Sixers wanted was Terrence Mann and two first-round picks. How quickly would you laugh that off? Pretty quickly. Yep. So, ultimately, I think Harden's game plan is flawed this time around because he's not the same player anymore. Like, you could do that before when you were great. Now, you can't do that because you're not great and nobody's really going to want you. You're right. I think it shrinks the pool that he used to have out there of interested suitors. I don't think it eliminates the pool. I I think with him, there's still going to be someone who thinks to themselves, and this will be incorrect thinking, but someone who's going to think, you know what? Maybe he just needs a change of scenery, right? Like Mm -hmm. a change of scenery is going to be what does him good. So what you're telling me is there's there's a sucker. Yeah, there absolutely is. And then, but based on his name value, his ability to sell excitement, tickets, jerseys, someone out there is going to think, look, we're, we're, we don't need to build around him for the next five years, but maybe he can help get us to the playoffs or get us deeper in the playoffs this year. Like someone's going to believe that because as bad as it looks in Philadelphia with the Sixers and Harden in their relationship, there's someone else out there that's in a bad spot that thinks he could improve their situation. It's not as if there's all these utopian uh, basketball franchises and the Sixers are just stumbling around. There's a bunch of organizations out there that are in bad shape that probably feel he could come in and help them out. I mean, if you're Steve Ballmer in the Clippers, you got this new arena that's going to be opening. You got Kawhi, you got Paul George, you've invested a ton of money into this thing and you're not getting anything out of it. It's not like you're making deep runs in the playoffs and you're getting eliminated in the finals or the conference finals like the Celtics have been. You're not even competing. Like for them, they probably think, all right, if we add Harden to Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard, you know, maybe these guys can get us over the hump. Maybe that's the next thing for us because they're kind of just sputtering along right now. It, it, it is an impossible situation that they're going to be in, and this one is not going to work out as well for Daryl Morey as it did with Ben Simmons. When he wrote out the Ben Simmons thing, he was trying to get Harden, who was another problem, and Brooklyn wanted to get rid of him. See, so there was a sucker out. right there looking for Harden. There was yeah. a sucker right there. The problem is he was a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. A little bit of breaking news surrounding one very, very high-priced player that might be even more untradeable than James Harden right now. Boom. That is next. I'm Carlin. He's Joe. You're welcome on ESPN Radio. <laughs> it's your boys. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, so we went one and one yesterday, but we did turn a profit because we played two NBA plus money props. So we made a four-tenths of a unit yesterday. I'm, again, still in this hotel. I forgot my damn notepad, so I don't have the overall record. You'll have that tomorrow when I'm back in Vegas. Prop for tonight. NBA is where we're going to be. We're going to lay one point with the Minnesota Timberwolves over the Toronto Raptors. I think you have a nice buy low spot on Minnesota to open the season. Two years ago, they surprised some people. They went 46 and 36. So naturally, everyone thought last year they were going to be even better. They weren't. They took a step backwards. So now everyone thinks they're probably not that good where this is where you buy low on them. They're going to be better than that record indicates. That's number one. Number two, the Raptors didn't do a whole lot in the offseason that I'd be be getting excited about. They lost Fred Van Vliet. They didn't do a whole lot to replace him. I don't think people have caught on to the fact that they're probably taking a step backwards. So pizza money number one for today, and we've got more coming. It's going to be the Timberwolves minus one over the Raptors. Hit it, boys. Or not. Sounds like we have a a bit of a communication issue happening right now. Would you like some more gambling? We can definitely do some more gambling. No, I thought we had a rejoin. We did not have a rejoin. My bad on that one. Carla versus Joe. (laughs) ESPN Radio. Thought I was production on my end, apparently. Not so much. (laughs) Hey, Joseph. Yes. Moments ago, we got a little bit of breaking news. I'm going to give this legit breaking news, all right? Let's have at it. Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. Adam Schefter reported last night, a little clarity on Deshaun Watson's injury. Doctors told him he had a strain of the subcapularis of the rotator cuff. It continues to have pain and weakness with movement. This type of injury in baseball normally causes pitchers to miss four to six weeks. He's going to continue to work to regain strength and velocity in his shoulder and shorten that window. But the Browns just now have announced that P.J. Walker will start against the Seahawks this week. Some point spread adjustments if you'd like to hear them. At one point, Seattle was a two-point favorite in this matchup at home against Cleveland. It is now up to three and a half. We're also seeing the total drop as a result of the news. Was 40, which is very low, down to 39. Yeah, listen. Why do I feel like, and and I'm not saying there's anything, you know, untoward going on here. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson, I don't think that the way he's playing – 
has the Browns saying, you know what, we got to get you back, hurry up. And I think it's more like, eh, maybe you take your time here a little bit. Let's make sure you're right before you come back on the field. And, Joe, I am going to really almost chuckle at this situation because they went and rolled the dice in a big, big way. And so many people had no problem with what they did by bringing in Deshaun Watson and giving him a fully guaranteed contract, rewarding him for that behavior. And so far, to say it hasn't worked out is an insult to something that hasn't worked out. It really, truly is. This has been an utter disaster, and the Browns can't get out from under it. And I'm really, really starting to believe, Joe, this is a franchise-paralyzing move for the next three to four years for them. They're not going to be able to do a damn thing around Deshaun Watson for a while, and he may never get back to being the player he was in Houston. They say that luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation, right? Like, that's luck. You make your Mm -hmm. own luck. An opportunity presents itself. You're prepared for it. You seize upon it. Some people look at you and go, hey, man, you got really lucky. Eh, Maybe. Or maybe you just put yourself in a great spot to seize upon an opportunity when it arose. Look at the Warriors and Kevin Durant when that happened. Everyone said how unfair it was, but given the way the collective bargaining agreement was structured, the salary cap space that the Warriors had, the players they currently had, they were in a championship window and had an opportunity to land Kevin Durant. They sent a contingent to the Hamptons, known as the Hamptons Five, to meet with Kevin Durant, to sell him on joining the organization. He did. They appeared in three more finals. They won two. That is luck to some. But in reality, it's opportunity meeting preparation. Mm -hmm. The Browns are the exact opposite of that. The Browns are four and two right now. The Browns are actually a pretty good football team in an AFC where the Bills are down, the Bengals are down, Jacksonville looks like the only viable contender from the AFC South, the Chiefs look like the only viable contender from the AFC West. There is opportunity aplenty for the Browns this year, a franchise that never goes to the playoffs, that never wins in the postseason. Here it is. Not only is there opportunity, you got a world-class defense, and you're going to blow it once again because you have completely missed handled and screwed up the quarterback position and you did it by giving a ton of money to a guy who wasn't really deserving of it you you were a desperate franchise that made a desperate play at a quarterback who you thought was a good buy low candidate because of what happened in Houston all you really did was reaffirm the fact that that guy can do whatever he wants and he's going to be rewarded for it and you rewarded him handsomely and as a result how incentivized is he to go out there and work his rear end off think about this for a second the Browns, as you mentioned, four and two. They are dead last in the NFL in QBR, thirty-three point nine. And they should be five and one. Yeah, passer rating, dead last, sixty-one. Completion percentage above expected, minus seven percent. Ugh, minus seven percent. Their defense is number one. Their special teams are number two in the league, according to efficiency rankings, and their offense is number 31. It's not just us, the people that felt like the Browns were making a major mistake and, frankly, were insulting in making the decision that they did on so many different levels publicly in trying to desperately go out and find their quarterback. But, boy... Joe, how many owners around the league are going to be laughing at the Browns for the next few years? They have been. They already have been. They already have been, and it's going to continue because they were, I mean, 
from the Ravens to every other quarterback to the Chargers, everybody, uh, the Bengals, everyone who was looking for that fully guaranteed contract because of the one that was handed out to Deshaun Watson, they have all been livid with Jimmy Haslam ever since that happened, and they are enjoying every last bit of this. And frankly, it kind of annoys me that the Browns are still 4-2 and two because of all of that. <laughs> I feel so bad for the fans. So bad. It's I feel such a awful great, for them. It's such a great fan base. Not just for football, for everything they've got. But they're yes. such a great fan base. They've suffered through so much. They've got a competent team. They've got such a good defense. And they're going to do nothing with it because of how bad this quarterback situation has been mishandled. I mean, even when Watson comes back, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Like, I was a believer in the buy low on Watson coming into this season. I thought, you know what? He's had a year in the system. He got some reps last year. It didn't look good. But this is a guy with all the weapons around him and the coaching around him. He's ripe for a bounce back. And he hasn't bounced back at all. Forget about the injury. He didn't look good when he was healthy. Like, he doesn't look like a guy who's putting in the work. Maybe he is. I don't know. It's just speculation. But I... They're going to be so tied to this contract, it's absolutely going to sink them, and you're going to watch all this defensive talent eventually make their way out the door. Like, what's Miles Garrett's contract look like? Like, how much longer do you have him locked up? I don't know. If it's something he got recently, then you're fine. But I don't know if that's the type of guy that if he's got a deal coming up in the next couple years is going to want to hang around waiting for this organization to get out of its own way. It's absolutely brutal. And he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. Has anyone noticed the season he's having? Miles Garrett has been incredible. He just blocked a field goal with one of the most impressive displays of athleticism I've seen this season. It just happened. Google it. Go look at the highlight from last week. It was fantastic. He made it look so easy. He jumped over the line, blocks the kick, and then runs back and throws a block. He's having a monster year. He did stuff that people just haven't seen done before. He got his big contract uh, prior to this year. There you go. So he's locked in here for a bit, and they're in a good spot because of it. But I do wonder, with with having said all of that, and here they sit right now at 4-2, and Joe, can they actually win that division? Like, I don't see how they're going to end up better off in the long run this season than the Baltimore Ravens. That's very difficult to see. They're better than Pittsburgh, okay? We know this. They're better than Pittsburgh. Even with the way things are, they're not better than Baltimore. No. Uh, when you're talking about one game, three weeks, maybe, but when you stretch it out to a 17-game sample – I don't see how you're going to be able to win more games than the Ravens. Cincinnati's been coming on strong. They're coming off this bye. They could be ready to turn the corner. And um, Pittsburgh somehow, miraculously, is going to end up winning 13 games with a minus 400-point differential. Like, they're just going to figure out how to just win all these games like the Vikings did last year. So, I, I just, I hate it. I hate it for Browns fans because they're there. They're ready. But again, luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation. And They've got the preparation when it comes to the defense. They just they have the opportunity. They're not going to be able to seize upon it. It's really sad to see that after all these years, even when they're in a position to do something, they're still going to mishandle it. Carla versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. In just moments, Joseph, is Jim Harbaugh being unfairly targeted? We will discuss with the great Paul Feinbaum in moments on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The traditions. There's no team I love more than this team. The rivalries. We got a national championship to chase. This is college football as good as it gets. The drama. Launching downfield. All the way to the end zone. College football lives here. ESPN Radio. Again, more house music. I mean, what else would we play with Paul Feinbaum with us? (laughs) (laughs) That's the hand man. You're welcome. The Handman Half Measure, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He has been gracious enough to join us each week. He joins us right now. He is the great Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show. And, Paul, uh, first thing, I want to make sure that you, you're not drinking anything, you're not chewing anything when I ask you this first question. Are we all clear there? <laughs> We're okay? All right. Uh, I, I'm just taking the tobacco out. Go right ahead. <laughs> Paul, is Jim Harbaugh being unfairly scrutinized? Uh, I think in the, I think he is, yes. Uh, now, uh, just because I do doesn't mean I think they're, they're, they're innocent, but you know, they're, I think the degree is of what are they guilty of. Uh, I think if, if this had been someone else, Let's say this had been Ryan Day. Uh, I think the NCAA would have, you know, maybe seen to it that whoever the staffer was is, is put out of business. But I don't think there would be a formal investigation. I, I think the NCAA has an axe to grind with Jim Harbaugh because of all the other things that have gone on in the previous investigation. So therefore, this is this is get back. And. I, I think when people hear me say that, they think, well, are, are you defending Jim Harbaugh? Do you, are you defending cheating? I'm not. I know I'm try- it sounds like I'm trying to split a needle here, but I, I, just, I just think if it was anyone else, uh, we wouldn't be hearing about this. Okay, so how do you think this plays out in the future in terms of is, is this going to get bad enough to where Harbaugh might jump back to the NFL? Or I know there are a lot of people that are making the case that what, what's happening here is being done everywhere. It's not really that big of a deal, and maybe it goes away. What do you think the natural conclusion is? Well, I do think this is a, this would be a signal to Jim Harbaugh to get out of college football uh, because he is a marked man, and, and I think uh, that is indisputable. Uh, I think the bigger question is whether anybody in the NFL will hire Jim Harbaugh. Um, and, 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 and over the last couple of years, that has not been the case. But, but I, I do think he's more, uh, he's more attractive now based on his success the last three seasons. I mean, other than Kirby Smart, 
nobody has been more successful. And and I think that is a testament to his ability. But you know, I, I think this is pretty sleazy, what, what the allegations are. I think sending a guy out to try to steal signals is is unethical. But there are so many other things unethical. Here's the, here's the hard part. You, you hear people say, well, this is wrong. But, yes, do we try to steal the signals during the game? Of course we do. Um, so it, it, we're talking about degrees of sleaze, okay? Uh, sounds like a new song. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, and, and I, I, I just – and by the way, I'm not a, I'm not a Harbaugh fan. I think uh, most – most college football fans know that I've been very critical of him over the years, but, but, but I do think you have to stop and go, is he really gaining a, an advantage here? Uh, you know, because the coaches that I talk to, uh, you're, you're really not going to use the same signals two weeks in a row anyway. Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show joining us, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Just the last one on this, Paul. Uh, NFL aside, will this escalate to the point where Michigan actually has to do something about it with Harbaugh? No, I do not think so. I, I think uh, you've seen you've seen the, you've seen the staff are already suspended. Uh, I I do not believe for one minute uh, the NCAA could act in time. Uh, and, and the real question is, will it affect this season? Because if it comes out later, uh, it really is not. It, it won't play into it. But with my understanding of how the NCAA works, uh, they could never get this on the docket fast enough. Uh, there's 60 days, 90 days always it would be, you have a right to react or appeal or, or respond. Really, the only entity, I think, that could, that could preempt Michigan from, from playing from the Big Ten Championship and the uh, CFP is, is the Big Ten League office itself. And, guys... There's not a league office in this country that is ever going to interfere with one of its schools who is in contention to win the national championship. That, that is simply not possible. Uh, so, therefore, I don't think anything's going to happen. I do think it's a big story, though. I think it's going to continue to build. I think it will get a lot of attention. Uh, it is, uh, this story has now re- essentially replaced Coach Prime as uh, college football's number one sideshow. Okay, elsewhere in the Big Ten, and you and I talked about this last week, as a Penn Penn State graduate, I can't even get the words out of my mouth after what I watched over the weekend. Um, It's kind of nice, you know, each year winning 10 games and, you know, being in the the conversation. But also, it's the same thing every year, Paul. When we get to Ohio State, when we get to Michigan, we know how it's going to go. And once again, James Franklin, undefeated team in the big spot. Offense couldn't do anything. They go down again. I mean, is this it? Is this the, the, the max that James Franklin can offer Penn State? Well, you already knew that because you're a Penn State fan. Yeah. Um, but I, pr- I appreciate you asking my expert tease on that. Uh, James Franklin has only one chance this year to save himself, and, and that's to beat Michigan at home. Other than that, I consider this season to be a failure. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I just – you're at Penn State. You can't lose to your big rivals every single year and, and expect people to take you seriously. Because there's nearly lately there's not anybody else in the Big Ten that, that's even in, in your in your in your in your time zone. But James, that is about to change with the four that are coming in next year. So this was a, a an opportunity, and he still has it. I, I don't want to write the guy off with Michigan still coming to say college in a couple of weeks. But that's it, uh, and it's not even losing. I mean, you know, if you if you if you lose a shootout 
Okay, big deal. Well, we we, we tried. I, I mean, the coaching in that game Saturday, Saturday was disgraceful. Uh, but it was also in keeping with everything I've seen from James Franklin for the last 10 years. What do you make of Ohio State at this point? They won the game, but I think it's safe to say that we have not seen the best of Ohio State yet this year. No, and uh, I mean, I know some of their, their uh, acolytes talk about, you know, there's still some injuries and they're getting past that. But, I mean, th- this does not look like a vintage team, uh, but, it's, but you're, they're good enough to make the – they're good enough to maybe make the playoffs. And, and, I, and I don't I, – I say that, but I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder how they're going to beat Michigan, though. But the thing about Michigan I don't know, and nobody does, uh, and, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, if they've actually played a legitimate team, I don't think uh, – but, but they had just played so many bad teams and looked so good, so we're, we're, we're not going to be able to find out about them really probably until the last three games. I think they have Maryland, Michigan, uh, and uh, Maryland State, State and, and Ohio State, yeah. Well, Paula is the voice of Rutgers football. I need to remind you they did play Rutgers, and it was just thirty-one-seven. And the Scarlet Knights are six and two. Just you know, want to make sure you knew that. And, and by the way, that's a big deal. Uh, I think uh, Rutgers having a, a winning record is a big deal. Let alone uh, a chance for a big-time year. I'm, I'm Paul, Paul there's that. absolutely but, but, there's but no, absolutely no need to pander to him. Game. <laughs> There's no need to pander to him, Paul. Uh, when, while we're at it, we might as well talk about what a great year UNLV's having, too, right? Because their only loss <laughs> is to... Uh, uh, is, is it, I wasn't even sure they were playing football this year, but so thanks for the heads up. And yeah, let's be you, clear, <laughs> when was the last time Paul pandered to anyone? I don't think that's, that's ever happened. That's true. Uh, uh, go ahead, you get uh, The Caleb Williams question. We wanted to ask you about what's going on at USC. You know, this is two losses in a row. The Heisman Trophy is going to be off the table. USC going on to compete for the national championship is going to be off the table. Naturally, you know, the Twitter sphere immediately reacts and starts talking about Caleb shutting it down for the rest of the season, looking to the pros. I don't know if that's feasible, but what would you advise him at this point? I would advise him just to keep playing football. He's getting paid for it, isn't he? Uh, so uh, that's, that's how I feel. Uh, and, you know, I, we ought to have a, se- a segment every week on what's the most outrageous thing that's come up in relation to Caleb Williams. What, two weeks ago, he, he was, somebody was demanding a piece of a franchise. Now you have Emmanuel Acho, uh, and, and I'm still not sure how he became the voice of reason in America, having, having you know, listened to his hot takes over the last couple of years on, on, on ESPN and now Fox, uh, telling him to shut it down. Uh, he's a college football player. Uh, he, there's still something to play for, uh, as as, benign, as as pedestrian and benign as that sounds. Uh, he's making a lot. He's making millions of dollars, and uh, so what? He's not going to win the Heisman. Uh, I never thought he was anyway, because nobody wins the Heisman two years in a row. Paul, great stuff as usual, and thank you for your recognition of the Scarlet Knights. I appreciate that. <laughs> so Scarlet Knights uh, beat beat Penn or whoever we got next. Ah, uh, there it is. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum. We got to buy this week, Paul, so we're going to win. <laughs> the Paul Feinbaum show. Great stuff, as usual. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. I, I love him because you never, ever, ever wonder where you stand with Paul. It's no. amazing. It's why I love the fact that we're able to get him on every single week. Like, it's yeah. a great way to talk about college football, and we have so much on our plate right now. He makes a great point about Caleb Williams for everyone out there. Who's like, I'll oh, just shut it down and get ready for the NFL. That's not really how it works anymore. You, you are being paid quite handsomely name, image and likeness to play football. I, I hadn't even considered something like that. 
Yeah, he shuts it down. Next thing you know, Wendy's going to give him a call and say, give me my money back or get back out on the field. <laughs> He did. Um, he did have a very interesting point. If we want to ta- touch on this later, uh, the idea of someone in the NFL, whether or not they'd want to hire Harbaugh. Yeah. Saying the I last few years. I mean, question. I think the answer is yes, but there might be something to that. I think there might be limited places that would want to hire Jim Harbaugh That's in the NFL. Wait until you hear what Kirby Smart said about the Michigan sign stealing scandal. You will in moments. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Sign stealing happens every game. There's nothing wrong with teams over there looking over trying to steal our signs. There's nothing wrong with us trying to look at their signs. Everyone's trying to get an edge. You could have someone's whole game plan. They can mail it to you. You still got to stop it. I think the idea that this is against the rules is ludicrous. The difference between just watching them with the naked eye and videotaping them strikes me as ridiculous. That said, obviously, the world doesn't. It ultimately comes back to Harbaugh's doorstep. The buck stops here. It's your program. You're responsible. Well, the story continues to expand more and more each day. Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Insider, had more details that tickets had been purchased by Connor Stallion of Stallions of Michigan to go and uh, purchase, go and watch uh, potential opponents in the college football playoff, including maybe Georgia. Over the last couple of years. Here is Kirby Smart on this very topic today uh, at his press conference. I guess the necessary follow-up, that's obviously coming about Michigan. You played Michigan. You aware in retrospect or at the time of anything unusual? No, I didn't I didn't notice anything or know anything. Nobody we talked to, you know, warned us or any of that. I mean, I think everybody we play, they say, they steal your signals. I mean, we play somebody, they always like, they're, they're great at stealing your signals. But... Uh, what they're referencing is different than stealing them. I mean, they're they're coming in, you know, they're talking about people still coming to film on that's completely different. But we've tried to, you know, hide the signals, hold the calls, put signs up, do all that. But I, I don't, I, I was nothing I remember about the Michigan game that makes me think that. Coaches are always on the lookout because, as we've talked about, they are the most paranoid out there because they have all come up through a system where this kind of thing has always been prevalent. They are paranoid with reason, Joe. And when I hear Kirby Smart say that, there is the little dig in the middle there at Harbaugh, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of along the lines, well, yeah, you know, I've been told places are really good at stealing signals, but he didn't me- specifically mention them. Made me think that as this continues to expand, there is a degree of truth to what Paul said that 
um, ultimately, he is being targeted because the NCAA doesn't like him with things that have gone on with him already, with his lack of cooperation and other uh, investigations. And this doesn't feel like it's going away anytime soon that he's going to continue to have his life made difficult by the NCAA. You never want to be the loudest one in the room. Yeah. And that's something all of us in radio generally are. We're generally the loudest ones in the room. So we don't follow this advice, but you don't want to be the loudest one in the room. You draw too much attention to yourself. I always go back to that movie American Gangster with Denzel Washington mm. portraying Frank Lucas, where the police didn't even know who he was back then. They didn't even know until he attended a Muhammad Ali fight in a mink coat and a mink hat. And they were there and they were keeping an eye on certain individuals and he crossed right onto their radar and that changed everything. Too loud, too flashy, made too much noise. And it ultimately led to his demise. You know, with Harbaugh, he constantly finds himself in these situations. The season started with a self-imposed ban. Like immediately we were talking about Michigan and we were talking about how their head coach wouldn't be coaching their games. And then the teammates, the team out there, talking about win one for Harbaugh and all this stuff. It's just too much noise. You scheduled a bunch of nobodies at the beginning of the year for a reason. Quietly go about your business. But now here you are making noise again. People are going to come for you. You know, it's not going to happen if you're doing this at the University of California. It's not going to happen if you're doing this at SMU. No one's paying attention. No one cares. But you're Michigan. You're undefeated. You're a big brand. You make a lot of noise. And now everyone's paying attention. And people have the opportunity to bring you down. They're going to bring you down. The blood's yes. in the water, Carlin. Yes, and, and you're right. And the biggest issue here for Harbaugh and Michigan, and Michigan's not the only school that's, that can be no. perceived like this, Okay. But there is a perception of Harbaugh that he presents himself as this Michigan man who is above everyone else. And there's a perception of Michigan that way. And listen, sometimes it's, it's absolutely justified by certain places. It happens. If, if this was happening at Notre Dame, it would be the exact same thing. Yes, sir. Because Notre Dame is one of those places where we're Notre Dame, you're not. And, and it's just fact. And people at Notre Dame can deny that. People at Michigan can deny that. We know it to be true. And so they're naturally going to have that target on their backs. And then when you add in that it's Harbaugh, that he just cannot help himself in so many instances like this, they are going to come after you like you wouldn't believe. And they that's when other schools stop the idea of, well, you know, everybody's kind of doing it, so maybe we should just lay low here because who knows what's in our closet? No, 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 no. When you go above and beyond and you, you act that way, holier than now, then they are absolutely going to come after you, and that stuff doesn't seem to matter as much because, as, as Paul was talking about, it's going to become the biggest story in college football. This is not going anywhere right now. No. This no, is not it's... going anywhere especially with Michigan having real football games coming up. They haven't even played anybody yet. They have played nobody. And sorry, all due respect to Rutgers. Rutgers did play them hard, but the schedule has not set up for any. They didn't open with a tough non-conference game like some teams do. All right, the Ohio State game and the Penn State game happened late in the year. Michigan State isn't very good this year, so there hasn't been a marquee game. They don't have Notre Dame on the schedule anymore. So, you know, they haven't really had that marquee game yet. As those marquee games come up, it's going to be discussed more. 
more and more and more. And again, if you're if this sport is so competitive that everyone's stealing each other's signs, that teams might be sending people to opponents' games to videotape what they're doing, what do you think is going to happen when the opportunity presents itself for the head of that operation to take a fall? You don't think all these teams are going through any Zapruder tape they may have to get to the NCAA or to get to Pete Thamel or anyone else out there to just leak the information, right? You're not going to come out as a coach and say, yeah, we saw it. We saw it. Here it is. We're accusing you of this. No, you don't want to break that coaching fraternity stuff that Sean Payton apparently broke when he criticized Nathaniel Hackett. You quietly get it out to the media. You quietly get it to the NCAA and you let them take down Harbaugh because everyone remembers what Michigan was like pre-Harbaugh. They weren't a national title contender. Yeah. And ultimately, the biggest part of this is, while it is a big story, I don't think anything is coming of it. I I don't think there's going to be. Not this year. Not during the season. No, I don't think there's going to be any sort of repercussions for this. Because, you know, this would be one thing if Rich Rodriguez was at Michigan and got accused of this. Hey, we got her out. We can get the hell out of here. You know, they're winning games. He's not going anywhere. They'll put up with whatever they have to put up with while they're winning. Even if it impugns a reputation, it, it's okay. Because ultimately we can pin that on him in the end when things do go south and we're ready to move on from him. you got to remember, too, like it wasn't all that long ago that they were talking about getting rid of him because he wasn't winning at that level that he needed to until the last two, three seasons. You know, before that... It was very much up in doubt as to where he would stand long-term at the University of Michigan. This story is just not going away, but I don't think anything ultimately comes of it. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 